Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. This is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and I'm joined on the podcast today by Jeff Baumgartner, senior editor at Light Reading, who is covering cable, and Alan Bresnik, who is our cable and video practice leader for heavy reading and also writes uh, quite a bit for light reading as well. On this show, we'll discuss uh, the new uh, subscription video on demand uh, launches for this year, what's happening to the traditional pay TV market. We'll talk about Quibi, uh, NBC's Peacock service, uh, AT&T TV and DirecTV Now and, and what's happening there. And, uh, and, and we'll just really um, give some uh, uh, analysis and predictions around uh, what these services mean to the telcos and cable codes that own them, and also what companies are threatened the most by uh, their ascendance and their uh, popularity. Uh, we'll cover all of that and a little bit more right after the break. Okay, welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey, and today I am joined by two guests because we have so many companies and services to talk about. <laughs> it's ex- extra heavy lifting today. Um, first of all, on the analyst side of the house, uh, we have uh, Alan Bresnik, our cable practice leader uh, for heavy reading. Hey, Alan, how are you? All right, Phil, how are you doing? Doing well, and uh, um, I'm excited that that you and our, our next guest uh, uh, in the uh, light reading newsroom, our uh, uh, cable guru, uh, Jeff Baumgartner, uh, senior editor, is also on the line. Hey, guys. Hey, Phil. Hey, Alan. Glad to have you along, yeah. Jeff. Um, so we're going to be talking about, uh, I mean, I felt like it was time for us to get this. We've gotten this far in the year, and, you know, over-the-top video or Uh, subscription video on demand. I kind of use the terms interchangeably. I guess that's a good place to start. Am I, am I wrong in using those interchangeably or does one mean one thing and one mean something else? Boy. uh, Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's a good question because things are kind of blurring a lot more these days. Right. I mean, there's some subscription VOD services that are going to have, or do have, you know, kind of a linear live, piece to it, you know, and others don't, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to just, you know, the character, you know, kind of categorize everybody because everybody's just yeah. a little bit different, but, uh, yeah, I, I kind of put, you know, over the top, you know, kind of, of any sort of internet delivered service. And then, um, uh, yeah, SVOD, I, I'm kind of lumping those companies if that's kind of the primary business you know, versus live TV or some sort of linear feed. It's kind of the hybrid between a traditional pay TV and a purely over the top um, or internet based uh, approach. I think part of the confusion is that when OTT started, it was, it was pretty much all SVOD and now we're getting a lot more advertisers supported um, streaming services. So the OTT umbrella is is bigger than it was before, right? Exactly. You know, and this is this is why I wanted to tip my hand to my ignorance right away because people listening to this, I'm sure, have been if, if unless you're working in this business at some point, you're hearing these terms bounce around too, and it is kind of confusing. But um, the whole point of this is to say that 
there have been a lot of both over-the-top and subscription video on demand services that have launched um, not just in the last 18 months, but really since January. Um, so I wanted to talk about, you know, what are some of the ones that have arrived this year? Um, and I guess the first question is let's identify who they are and then let's talk about who owns them and then we can get into kind of the competitive dynamics. Um, so Jeff, I guess the first one, kind of counting backwards, the the most recent one that got everyone's attention was Quibi, right? Right. Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah, just a few days ago. And uh, yeah, Jeffrey Katzenberg's startup, you know, with 2 billion bucks in the bank to kind of get it off the ground. But uh, yeah, kind of a mobile, it's very starting off as a uh, mobile focused short form premium uh, subscription service, you know, with kind of an ad free version and an ad supported uh, version. And uh, so that was pretty recent. And then just this week or just recently, uh, you know, Peacock with NBC Universal is doing kind of a, uh, a preview on Comcast with X1 and their Flex platform ahead of a uh, mid-July national launch. So those are the two, uh, you know, most recent ones. Okay. So Comcast customers only, and, and that makes sense because Comcast owns NBC Universal, which is running the Peacock network. Um, the other ones, what about AT&T TV? Was that this year or was that earlier? Uh, yeah, the national rollout was, was this year. So that is uh, kind of their over-the-top based big bundle kind of traditional pay TV service, uh, you know, where you have to do a contract and it's very, it's very similar to, you know, the, the kind of package that you'd get with uh, DirecTV satellite or UVerse, which they've, they're, they're stopped. They're not going to sell anymore. And uh, I think the idea there is to try to get uh, commonality onto a, Net kind of a next generation streaming platform and try to distance themselves away from the legacy products, even though they'll still have to do, they'll still offer direct TV and rural markets and, you know, spots that maybe don't have a lot of broadband connectivity. What I'm getting confused, Jeff, is what's still called direct TV and what's AT&T TV and will the direct TV name go away totally? Uh, yeah, so DirecTV, the, the brand is sticking around, but right now it's just the, the satellite-based company or, you know, service that they're doing. And then uh, AT&T TV is uh, the, the big bundle pay TV brand. And then uh, there's AT&T TV now, which is kind of a slimmed down, non, yeah, non-contract, no-contract streaming service. And, you know, they rebranded that. They used to call it, uh, direct TV now. So, yeah, so that, that's obviously causing a little bit of confusion in the market with all the different brands and, and brand changes and, and, you know, which service does what, and, uh, you know, so that's going to take some time to kind of work through that aspect to it. And, and, uh, you know, consumers are confused enough as it is. But. So they've decided that AT&T TV has a better brand name than direct TV. Evidently that's, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I guess uh, uh, that's the decision they made. I, I, I thought that uh, DirecTV had a lot more 
brand equity for a video service, but uh, uh, you know they didn't they didn't inquire to me about that. They didn't you know, consult strange, with you. On strangely that. enough, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're doing the whole thing of like, okay, if it had any ties to traditional pay TV, we have to get rid of it. You know, like, like, so direct TV was de- delivered via satellite or is delivered via satellite. And maybe they're like, okay, for an SVOD service, we should, we should cut those ties. We should make it pure, you know, give people that feeling that it's completely new and internet based and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's just an idea. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. And, you know, maybe try to create some separation if they can, even though they're still kind of falling into all the the old trappings, you know, pay TV with, yeah. with big, uh, you know, large, uh, channel lineups and long-term contracts. And, you know, I think after the, you know, and, and promotional pricing, you know, cause all the, all the AT&T TV services after, I think the first year, uh, or I can't remember the exact period, but, uh, the, all the pricing just, uh, rockets up. So, uh, yeah. You know, AT&T is still acting like, you know, a, a clueless pay TV provider in that way. I mean, it is great of them to launch all these new options and give people different choices, I guess, by the, by, by pure, um, circumstance, they're going to reach more people that way. But the pricing to me suggests a company that doesn't, that is not at all in touch with what's going on. Um, the bundling and all that. It's like, it's like the, this, they're trying to fake their way into saving people money. And it's like the way to save people money is to not charge them so much damn money. That's pretty, pretty straightforward. Well, I guess it's why the guy running it is going to end up being in charge of all the AT&T soon, right? Stanky. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He was, he's, he's, a, he's ascended uh, very, very quickly in the last five years uh, through the ranks. And uh, yeah, he was in charge of the, kind of temporarily and all he was in CEO of Warner media, right? Now he's in charge of the whole thing. Well, the other one that's coming up is uh, HBO max speaking of AT&T and uh, Warner media. So that's uh, they have not announced the, uh, the exact launch date, but uh, it's supposed to be next month. And I think they're still on track to, to do that. So we're just kind of keeping near to the ground, you know, on, on what that's, uh, when when they're gonna reveal like a launch date, but it's just kind of a supersized version of HBO. You know, the idea of you know the the, the value proposition is you know twice as much content for the the same price. You know, as HBO, and and uh, I think initially AT and T wants to convert as many legacy HBO subscribers over to the new thing. So that's kind of the near term. Yeah. And interestingly, I walk back all of my criticism of AT&T corporate when it comes to HBO now and HBO Max and that sort of thing. Um, Because HBO has always been that brand that had really good content and you could access no matter what you signed up for. Um, And I think that's still true today. I think you can, you know, whether you have an Apple TV or Roku device, you just watch TV on your phone, whether you have pay TV or whatever, you can still access all the HBO stuff. And yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's at a price, but that price hasn't really, I, I don't think the price bothers people 
as much because, uh, I mean, it is expensive, but they, you know, they give you things like the wire and game of Thrones. They're not messing around when it comes to content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they usually always have a pretty good, um, I mean, we'll see how COVID-19 and how that's affecting production. Uh, but they usually have Mm -hmm. a pretty good, um, uh, wave of like new original content, you know, to kind of wash over you. Um, and, and, and that's actually been one of the, one of the criticisms of, um, like Disney plus, right. I mean, they came out strong with, uh, the Mandalorian and, uh, you know, got a lot of attention. They have, you know, 50 million subscribers or something. So, uh, but really after that, um, you know, they, they haven't, had a whole lot and uh so i think that that's that's been the criticism it's like okay you've been able to get people in the door so what are you going to do to keep them there and uh you know i think people are still waiting to kind of get the second wave of of uh content particularly for adults you know that uh will want them will make them stick around you know for disney plus long term or you know beyond whatever promotion they're on yeah yeah, it can't just be, um, although, they're, I mean, they're making great inroads with families because, you know, having, especially COVID-19, being uh, isolated and having all of those, that Disney catalog to draw on, um, I'm not doubting that they're running up some huge number of hours spent. <laughs> and that's actually, I got to be honest, I think that's also um, uh, a downside of HBO Max they really should have launched that thing. If only they knew to launch that thing sooner, because think of all the hours that people aren't spending on their platform that they are spending on Disney, you know, and I would kind of put those two at, at opposite ends of the spectrum. So those are like the big launches this year, the big ones that we've that have either happened or that we're still looking forward to. Um, the next thing is, the market that, you know, uh, what do all these new services threaten the most? Like who's threatened the most by, um, by the launch and the, and the progress uh, of these new services, traditional pay TV still seems to be in decline, but is this going to speed that up necessarily? Uh, yeah, I think it could. Um, it'll be interesting to see which services clash and which ones go together. Like I think that Disney Plus probably goes together pretty well with a, with a Netflix and that a lot of people will take both of them. But I, I don't see uh, NB, uh, Peacock and HBO Max are going well together. I would think people will choose one or the other. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how much of a drain, if, a, if any, either one of them has on Netflix. Um, There's all sorts of predictions out there that Netflix is going to get hurt by all this um and i imagine it's going to get hurt to some degree but i don't i don't know if it's going to get hurt as much as some people have been predicting um even though they are they are losing some of their uh, their sources of content that they had before um it's going to be interesting to see how people bundle things um because because bundling isn't dead um it's just going to be new kinds of bundles so people will probably end up bundling three or four or even five of these streaming services and they end up paying as much money as they were paying for their pay TV service. Yeah, I definitely think it's not about, it's no longer about saving money for most households. It's, it's simply about how can you take the same amount of money you've been trained to spend and 
distribute it <laughs> in a different way and get more content. <laughs> That's maybe uh, people maybe aren't thinking of it in exactly those terms, but that seems to be what they're doing when you when you actually look at their bill and you know talk talk through like what are you buying and why. Um, I, I bring up most threatened right. because the, you know the other interesting component about this stuff as it evolves is like we've said with AT and T, you know they both own. Um, and, and Comcast as well, they own and they own both the the traditional side of pay TV and the thing that's probably going to kill it. Um, <laughs> and, and, and they're making it work together in some cases, you know, like with bundling and stuff like that. Um, there's been a couple of, at least on the cable side of the business, uh, Jeff, I know you've reported on this in a couple of cases, there's been um, cable MSOs that have simply gone without a traditional linear pay TV product and uh, instead bundled things like YouTube TV and stuff like that. Yeah, we've seen that uh, primarily uh, when they just kind of give up pay TV, mostly uh, like a few smaller uh, cable operators have gone to that degree, you know, to actually just mm -hmm. shut it down because it's more trouble than it's worth for them. Um, and then we've seen some other, uh, among some larger, but also mid-sized operators, you know, Wide Open West is an example, you know, they're gonna keep their legacy pl platform, but they're doing a bunch of uh, partnerships with virtual MVPDs uh, just to kind of retain a, uh, a video relationship with broadband only customers. And uh, so we're seeing that and then Comcast, is doing it to a different degree um, with the uh, the mm. Flex product, right? So that's like kind of a smart home streaming platform for broadband only customers um, that uh, supports some of the main some of the major streaming services. Uh, they've integrated Hulu and Netflix and, and Amazon Prime, um, uh, and then an option where you can kind of you can upgrade to the full pay TV service. Um, I think it's just a matter of time though, before they start to include virtual MVPDs um, on that platform. So uh, a little bit different because they're really tying it to broadband, just making sure that, uh, you know, they're getting the, the high margin broadband service on that and not as they aren't as concerned about the video piece of it, but still maintaining, you know, some control on it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. They're, they're, it does seem like they're, they're they're kind of doing in a weird way what the mobile operators are doing on that side of uh, you know bu bu bundling and music services and, and other types of content, almost as a way to to just keep people locked into those uh, upper tier uh, packages. Um, you know, it's one one less one more reason not to cancel or to downgrade your service is oh yeah, that's right. I also get this this service free when I subscribe to this thing. So I'm actually saving money or maybe it's too big of a pain to cancel both. Um, that makes sense. Uh, and, and, a, and a pretty good strategy is like, like Alan was saying, bundling's not that at all. It's definitely just taken on a different shape uh, as, as these uh, SVOD and over the top services get more competitive. Um, hey, Alan, another uh, kind of, uh, or, or I'll, I'll end on this and then we can kind of, uh, you know, revisit all this stuff later in the year because I'm sure there'll be more launches and more things to talk about. But 
because of COVID-19, a lot of, uh, you know, sports leagues have just completely ceased operations and, and stopped, you know, playing games and they pushed seasons back and that sort of thing. Is the lack of live sports going to um, take down pay TV in, in the coming uh, quarters? Because I, I recall that before a lot of like Disney Plus and a lot of these things launched, the people that were the most adamant about hanging on to pay TV, their excuse, and my, I was in this camp. My excuse was simply that, uh, hey, they still haven't figured out live sports, and I watch a lot of football, and I want to see my game, so I'm still going to stick with my pay TV package. Um, do you think the lack of that is is maybe taking away one last reason to keep keep the pay TV package? Definitely, and it'll be interesting to see when sports do come back, how many people actually sign up. Like, for instance, uh, DirecTV has that NFL Sunday ticket package that they still have the exclusive on. Um, if the NFL doesn't play this year, I would imagine DirecTV's satellite service is going to lose millions of subscribers. Um, it'd be interesting to see when Disney comes out with their numbers mm-hmm. about how ESPN Plus is doing, uh, which had gone off to a good start, but now they have nothing yeah. to put on there, at least nothing live to put on there. I'd agree. I mean, it's, it's the lack of sports right now is going to amplify the damage, you know, it's being done to pay TV. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, you know, Craig Moffat now, so we, we hear from a lot, um, you know, it's kind of called sports, the glue, you know, that holds all these bundles together. So, you know, without sports, you know, everything starts to, uh, kind of fall apart, you know, and, and we've seen some, you know, there was like an analyst with Bernstein that was, putting out some new numbers in the Hollywood reporter and, and, you know, pretty much across the board was re uh, reforecasting much steeper declines in pay TV subs, you know, uh, like 1.5 million pay TV losses just in the second quarter alone is kind of the, the prediction I saw. Wow. Okay. So that's a, that's a, that is definitely a, 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 an expedited decline, <laughs> I guess is the way to say it. Um, well, wow, that's interesting. And I, and I do wonder too. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, good point about ESPN, uh, uh, the ESPN bundled product or ESPN plus, whatever it's called. ESPN plus. <laughs> yeah. Disney seems to be putting plus after everything. Plus and now and mm-hmm. TV and whatever. Okay. Well, <laughs> it, it's, um, I, I wondered why Disney was, uh, really banging the drum about bundling that with Disney plus and Hulu. They were, they were pushing this thing that was like a $12 package versus paying for all three of those things separately. And I, I, I now get it. It's, you know, it's, it makes a lot of sense because now you get tied into three of their services. It's harder to quit just one of them. And if you're already paying for that bundle and then you don't watch sports for like three months, you, you might actually hold on to that for a little bit <laughs> yeah as opposed yeah. as opposed to just chucking it aside like you would the direct TV bundle you know because that's a different that that's an exclusive sports network subscription that's um, completely exclusive to that pay TV provider and I, I do wonder how many direct TV customers um, you know like 80 percent of the reason they even have that service is the NFL. Uh, Sunday ticket. It's an extremely popular service. Yeah, there's like a, I think there's like about a couple million uh, Sunday ticket subscribers. I wonder if, if there's no Sunday ticket, do they still keep DirecTV? Yeah, yeah, it's a big, it's a big, uh, 
a big lever for that. Um, what are you looking forward to as we go through the remainder of the year? Let's start with Jeff. Oh, I thank you, Phil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as far as like, uh, yeah, looking forward to, I, I think, um, you know, some of the ISPs, I mean, I think the broadband business is going to remain relatively healthy uh, for a lot of them. I think that'll be the most resilient piece just because everyone still needs that. Um, and, uh, you know, for some of these operators, it actually might, you know, cord cutting may not be a, a horrible thing either, because if people start to move to standalone broadband, uh, you know, they're going to end up paying more for it and, and a higher margin product becomes even higher margin. So, uh, you know, that's, I think that'll be a, you know, something that's definitely going to be happening over you know, the next few months or however long this uh, situation goes. Yeah. What about you, Alan? I think traditional pay TV will continue to decline probably on an accelerated basis. Uh, there'll be more cord cutting. There'll be more uh, video over broadband packages. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we get any more big launches of streaming services, if there are any categories left, like will Discovery do something they've been talking about it or will others do something? And it'll be interesting to see which one which ones fall by the wayside like PlayStation View did, because undoubtedly there's going to be more uh, more failure, big time failures. Yeah, yeah, that's the, the, interesting to bring that up, because I do think that uh, even though we've been talking about the OTT and SVOD uh, services in glowing terms, uh, they are at a really uh, vulnerable point right now. They're, they're either going to figure out a way to become an indispensable part of consumers' lives over the next year, or consumers are just going to shrug and go, why am I also subscribing to this? I don't need this. Okay. Well, gentlemen, thanks so much for, uh, for uh, being on the podcast and uh, uh, everybody. Thanks for listening. You can always find Alan Bresnick and Jeff Baumgartner's stuff at lightreading.com. And if you are a heavy reading subscriber, uh, you can find Alan's uh, uh, commentary uh, at heavy reading events and uh, in some of our research products too. Phil, if I can just put in a quick plug for our streaming video forum that we're doing digitally uh, next Monday at, 8, 8, at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Monday, April 20th, 11 a.m. Eastern time, Monday, April 20th, 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we have a, uh, how do people sign up for that or where, where do they find it? Um, it's on the light reading side under, under events. It's the first, okay. first event uh, on the lineup. All right. Fantastic. Okay. Thanks gentlemen. That is it. That's our show. Thanks very much to Jeff Baumgartner and to Alan Bresnick for their time and insights today. Thanks so much to uh, our producer, Tian Fu, for making us sound good, even when we don't. Thanks to you, dear listener, because if you weren't paying attention, we wouldn't be able to do all of this at work. And uh, please do tell a friend to subscribe. And thanks very much for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. 